Could be the move pod. Here we go, baby. We are back. We are back. It is a Monday, and we're about ready to talk about some moves. So here we go. Shout out, AK. Quick sip. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm not trying hard with the sips anymore, and I feel like I'm getting some uh, some quality sips because I'm not trying hard. You know, sometimes you got to relax and let your athletic ability take over. So that's what I'm doing, and I feel like my sips are improving because of it. You know, if I were to put a number next to it, I'd say that's a 7.3, 7.3 sip. All right, so this is pod number, I believe, 104. So four, let's go with Bobby Orr. Four is a good one. Uh, Brett Favre, it's another solid four. But uh, I feel like as far as four is concerned, you know, Bobby Orr has got to be the one you go with, right? I feel like I'm missing some other fours out there, man. Only two are really coming to mind, Brett Favre and Bobby Orr. There's some other fours out there. Uh, who's a baseball player that wore a four? Did um, Luke Garrett didn't wear a four, right? He wore six, right? Luke Garrett's number. Number. I think he wore No, I think he wore four. I would say four. He wore a why? Okay, so he wore four. All right, so let's just we'll just stop there. I won't have to. Actually, you know what? I might do a little deep dig, real quick. Best athletes to wear four. Lou Gehrig. Okay, six was DiMaggio, I think. Right. Mano was seven. Jeter was two. Sadly, I know all these Yankee numbers. I mean, there was a kind of easy too, right? Just legendary athletes. Lou Gehrig. Number one, I'm looking at Rankards, saying who's uh, Charles Barkley were for. That's right. That's another good one. I fucking hate this. Why does it keep reloading? No, I don't want Tom's shoes. For the love of God. Jimmy Fox, old-time ball player. Old-time ball player. Bobby Orr at number four. Actually, that, that kind of fits because I feel like he's like the four we think of, right? Bobby Orr, stud, Brett Favre. Roger Hornsby, Mel Ott. All right, enough with these old-time baseball players. Rick Barry, John Bellevue, Paul Molitor. That's a great one. Yeah, so not, I mean, yeah, there's some legends, but it's not like a deep, massive list. You know what I mean? But, okay, let's get into it. Talk about some moves. That's how you get loose, guys. You know, that's how you get the brain juices flowing. And now we're about ready to talk about some moves. And, uh, yeah, so let's do it. All right, so. This first move is by Andy B. All right. So Andy B, he replied. So this is a move based off of a move. Okay. So the original move that was posted was an ice cold glass of milk, whole milk. Okay. I talked about that one the other day and I want to pull up the name. I want to give the shout out because it was a great move. And, you know, I feel like it deserves a shout out. I talked about it on the Twitch stream, which highly recommend checking that one out. It's fun. We get some people chatting in from time to time. And, uh, yeah, there'll probably be more of those in the future. Maybe I'll do, like, a live pod situation. I tried to do that last week or two weeks ago, but I forgot to record it, and I got got fucked up. So Tommy L. All right, Tommy L. Yeah. He's just sending a bunch of bomb moves in his day. But, yeah, he says, a nice cold glass of milk. Okay, and then Andy B. comes in on the reply on IG. So maybe we get this move going. You know what I mean? So now we have some people, you know, adding their own little flavor to it. So Andy B, 
replied to that move and said, Offering the boys a glass of milk when they arrive at your apartment. Huge move. V comforting. That is so good. You know, because it's like funny, but it's also kind of serious. But it's also, yeah, I mean, like, it makes you feel good, but you're also like, is this a joke? But then it's like also not a joke. It's kind of like real because... Yo, if somebody offers me some whole milk, hey, man, I just got some sick milk. Did you want some? You know, I'm probably like, what, are you fucking serious? You know, like thinking, wait, uh, that's usually something that people don't offer me when I go into their place. It's usually, hey, can I get you like a beer or whatever? Hey, some beer, some wine or something like that. You know what I mean? Hey, can I can I get you some milk? And you're like, oh, that's <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah, I'll take I'll take some milk. And then you're just at your buddy's place hammering milk. Okay, now let's go with the point of view of somebody walking in. Okay, you got two bros hanging out, just slurping down a nice big old glass of milk. And they both look happy. They look like they're having a good time. No desserts or treats anywhere. You know what I mean? No milk and cookies. Just guys slamming milk. That is a funny thing to walk in on. You know, and then you start like, hey, what? the fuck's the deal here guys why are you drinking milk you know shouldn't the boys be hammering some beers and they start thinking like you know no I'll, I'll take some milk too and now you got three bros just having milk together i think this is a great move man i'm gonna start doing that more often i'm just gonna constantly have some solid whole milk at my apartment i mean worse comes to worse i just drink it by myself but then if i have someone come in hey man can i offer you a glass of milk they're just going to throw them off. But then a part of them is going to be like, oh, wait a second. That would kind of be delightful. So I love this move, man. If someone offers me a glass of milk, if they got the good shit too, you know, if they're fucking around with that 1% skim, hard pass on that. Then again, we talked about this yesterday in the Twitch stream. You know, I don't think skim milk's chop. You know, I respect skim milk. You know, people will drink it. I don't look down on them. But whole milk is so much better. It's It's ridiculous. I mean, it is day and night. When you have skim milk, you're like, bro, what is this? Especially after, like, getting used to whole milk. 2% is not bad. 2% gets the job done, too. 1%, it's like, "Ah, I don't know about this. But, yeah, a nice glass of cold whole milk. Just at your buddy's place, slamming a... In a glass, too. I mean, milk hits different out of the glass. I don't know why that is, but, yeah, man. I'm telling you, man, I had a little point in time where I was a little lactose intolerant, and I... The milk and the cheese and stuff, it was getting to me, man. It was getting the old tum-tum. And then recently, my stomach stepped up its fucking game. And now I'm just like, I can hammer milk and stuff, and it's great. It's great, man. All right, cool. So I love that. Thank you, Andy B., for piggybacking off of that move. That is good stuff. I'm a fan. All right, let me double-check I'm recording. I am. Okay. Another sip for you, AK. Man, I haven't seen that dude in a minute. All right. Okay. So next move here. I just posted this, actually, and I wanted to talk about it. So this is from uh, Cameron M. He's been known to send some legendary moves over. All you guys have been known to send some legendary moves over. And I'm not just saying that because I get those DMs. I check them out. Wow, that's fucking funny. 
but uh, some are easier to talk about for the pod. So, you know, that's, that's, and we're here. Okay. So the move is on certain occasions, pregame and the pregame could be the move. I'm very high on this move, especially because he said certain occasions. Now, if you're one of those guys that are like always doing it, I mean, maybe you got a drinking problem. You know, you're probably going to get way too fucked up, like too early in the party because you started too early. But in certain situations where it's like uh, a highly anticipated party. So, for instance, when I was in college, we always threw this Christmas party. It was an ugly sweater sweater party. It was at our apartment for, uh, well, let's see, we had it at my apartment for two years. But before then, we had it at my buddies who, you know, we ended up becoming roommates. So it was... A friend tradition for four years in college. Ugly sweater party. And uh, it was a big deal. Like, I mean, people were talking about it for a while. It was a lot of build-up, a lot of anticipation. They were always so much fun. And I remember my junior and senior year, we did this thing. We are like, hey, all the guys, we're going to roll over to the apartment beforehand, and we're going to have a pregame. Okay? So the pregame almost felt like a party. And I remember... We pregame the pregame. I went over to my buddy's place and we pregame the pregame. And it was a great move. And it, like at the time, we even knew how elite of a move it was. You know, like he hit me up. He's like, "Hey, uh, yeah, me and Metcalf, we're gonna we're gonna pregame at my spot." I'm like, "Wait, you're pregame in the pregame because we're having the pregame at my spot." He's like, "Yeah, you want to come over?" I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" So I like this move, man. On certain occasions. You know, because I think we got like six people at the pregame before the pregame, you know, and that's when it starts. I'm saying a pregame a lot here. I'd like to get a nice little tracker of how many times I'm saying this. So the thing about when you pregame the pregame is you have to have a certain amount of people there for it to be considered a pregame. In my opinion, I think a pregame feels like over four people. Four people just seems like a little kickback. A little, uh, you know, have a cup of cocktail situation. When it gets to five, you're like, okay, this is starting to feel like a pregame. Six, seven, eight, then it's like, all right, now we're locked in. But the pregame that we were having at my apartment before the big party, that consisted of like 25 dudes. That felt like a party, you know? So when you're pregame of the pregame, especially if the pregame's big, you know, I think that could be the move. I wonder how many times I said that. I'm going to listen back to it. I have no idea. I'm going to say I said pregame. Well, included that one. Stop. If we stop right now, I think I probably said pregame, what? I'm going to say 22 times. Uh, maybe I'll take the under on that one. I'll go back and listen to it. But, yeah, I'm high on this move. I love it. And uh, it was funny. I posted a move on the, sto- on a, on the story a while ago. And... Uh, it was like a satirical sort of move where the guy was describing a pregame. He's like, drinking alcohol with friends before going to the bars could be the move. And I thought that was fucking hilarious. So I posted it. People were like, uh, has you ever heard of a pregame? Uh, you don't know what a pregame is? And I was like fucking around with people. I'm like, I-, I don't know what this pregame is. I don't know what you guys are talking about. But uh, yeah, I love me a nice pregame, man. That's where the vibes are, dude. You know, that's where the fucking vibes are. Then you go to the house party and stuff, and sometimes it's too crowded, and you're like, eh. The pregame was more fun, man. You know? Not all the time. Not all the time. But sometimes there are moments where you're like, dude, the pregame was so much more fun than the party. You know? It's like 
the right amount of people. That's my kind of vibe, dude. Sometimes when it gets like a lot of action, I either get I either got to be on the top of my game. You know what I mean? Like you feel like you got to be revved up for a big party, which is fun on occasion. All right. Uh, what am I talking about? I don't even know, man. I'm talking about big parties and stuff. I don't go to big parties anymore, man. I go to dive bars. I go to dive bars. I listen to people sing karaoke. And uh, that's what I do, man. Occasionally stumble into a bar when there's a UFC fight. That's my thing. All right. So this next move, this is a chop move. And this was sent in by Tom J. So, Tom J., you sent this one in a long time ago. And I had it down as like a chop move that I wanted to talk about, but I just never got around to it. And uh, so the move is double-clicking links chop. Okay, so this is just a complete boomer move. All right, if you ever watch a boomer kind of hang around the computer like my mom or my dad, and uh, the way they attack the computer and attack links is very old school in a double-click fashion, you know? I mean, Windows will fuck around with you every now and then where you, like, have to double-click stuff, and you're like, dude, what are we doing here, you know? Why can't I just get a nice single click, you know? But, like, yeah, this just felt chopped. You know, it's hard for me to really describe why it is, but, like, I read this, and I was like, yeah, that's chopped. You know, that's chop. And I, I like how uh, Boomer's just caught a nice little uh, ricochet of a shot there, you know? Hey, I'm not, hey, listen. Okay, I've seen the demographics. I've seen the people that listen to the pod. And there's a couple of you out there. There's a couple of you out there. And I just want to say, you know, uh, you know, maybe if you could find a way to uh, lower the cost of a house in uh, California, Los Angeles, or just anywhere else, and then maybe if you could find a way to get the stock market moving again, that'd be great. And you're like, oh, well, you know, how, how am I going to do this? Because all the fucking boomers are in office right now, okay? And I need the stock market to go back up, all right? I need the housing market to go down. So all you boomers out there listening, please help me out here, all right? I mean, you already fucked up the environment. The least you could do, the least you could do, the least you could do is find a way to get into contact with your friends and boost the stock market for your boy Bobby D. Because crypto's not going anywhere either, goddammit. But yeah, you know, just double-clicking links. It just feels chopped. You know, I'm sorry to bash on the whole generation, but you see him, dude. Like, my dad sometimes, he's like double-clicking shit when he doesn't need to double-click stuff. Like, dad, what are you doing here? It's kind of cool, though, man. <laughs> this is a move right here, all right? This is a move right here. Now, not all boomers are like that. You know, some know how to open a PDF and, you know, save shit, you know, create a folder on the desktop and put stuff in the desktop and not go, where the fuck did it go? You know what I mean? But when a parent finds out about YouTube and knows how to use YouTube is a vibe, dude. My dad has finally figured out how to use YouTube, okay? So we have the YouTube app at our TV at home, back in Maryland, and, uh, you know, when I'm back home or whatever, we watch a game, the game's over, or whatever the case is, he'll put on the YouTube app, and he'll, like, start playing videos, and it's, like, my heart is just, it, it's filled with so much, like, some, I'm so proud of him, you know, I'm like, pro, there you go, you know how to use the YouTube app, this is great, and now he's, like, pulled up all these, like, old clips of, like, Bruce Springsteen and these, like, golf highlights, I'm like, that a babe. And you could just, you know, you see them adapt to the environment like 
you know, 10 years ago or whatever, no chance. No chance is going to know how to use the YouTube app. But once they figure it out, it's a fucking vibe, dude. Then they're able to, like, tap in all these memories. They're, like, watching concert footage of, like, oh, I was there. That's a mood. That's a vibe. So, yeah, shout out to all the boomers out there who know how to use YouTube. The first, like, year of them finding out about YouTube and know how to, knowing how to use it, it's pretty fucking sick to watch. So that's a move there, too. All right, so this last move I'm going to talk about, thank you very much for sending the one in. Tom J, appreciate you. All right, this last move I want to talk about, dude, I'm burning through these moves here, man. Burning through them. Last podcast was probably the shortest podcast we've had in the history of CBTM. I think I'm going to break a record here. Actually, probably not because I wasted so much time talking about number fours. Luke Garrick and the boys. Another sip. Ah, man. All right. I'm kind of stuck on moves here. All right. I'll talk about this move because this is going to be... Now we'll do this one. All right, cool. So ready? Betting on NFL games when you play in the NFL. Shout out, Calvin Ridley. All right. So, in my opinion, I don't think it's big of a that's big of a fucking deal. That's big of a fucking deal. Wait, that's okay. Let's try that again. In my opinion, I don't think that that's that big of a deal. That that's that big of a deal. Am I saying this sentence right? You ever just have that in your brain? You're just like, what? what? Am I like, what? Does that make any sense? I don't know. I should have just acted like it made sense and just powered through it. But sometimes, you know, the audience out there, I've had that, dude. I've had like public speakers say like, oh, you know, if you make a mistake, if you do this and that, you power through it because the audience was going to forget. Fuck that, dude. That is the worst advice I've ever heard in my entire life when it comes to public speaking. Okay. Why? Because when I used to work at a golf company, All right. We had a public speaker come in. Okay. And he wasn't telling us how to do the public speaking thing, but he mentioned another company, one of our direct competitors. And he knew he said it. We all knew he said it, but he didn't acknowledge it. He just powered through it. And we were all sitting there like, is he going to acknowledge this? Because he just made a big mistake. Like you don't do that. You don't bring up a competitor when you're trying to boost morale. Like when you're talking to the company. And he didn't. He powered through it. You're like, dude, that's awful. But some public speakers are out there like, well, you know, that's, you power through it because your audience is going to forget. It's however many years past that moment, I still remember him using the other company's name. All right. What, what am I talking about? Oh, that's right. Because I fucked up the sentence. Okay. All right. So now we're back on the move. Betting on NFL games when you're in the, when you're in the NFL, playing in the NFL. I don't think that that's that big of a deal. There it is. Killed the sentence that time. I mean, what's the fucking deal with all these people freaking out over people betting on their games that play in the league? I'm serious. Pete Rose. I don't give a fuck. Who cares? Like, we find out that he was betting on games and his team to, like, win and stuff. Who cares? Is it that big of a deal? I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, the NFL, they... Josh Gordon was smoking weed. He was doing drugs and stuff. And he just like got all those games, which kind of seemed ridiculous at the time. But they're like, oh, you know, this and that. And then like Ray Rice, you know, beats his girlfriend and gets two games. It's insane. And it's like Richard Sherman, 
like looked like he was about to kill his wife or fiance or girlfriend, whoever it was, like banging on the door, losing his fucking mind. And he's got a job like a couple months later. It's insane to me. And Calvin Ridley bets on games. He's like, oh, you're punished for a year. Now, I understand he probably shouldn't have done that. I understand that's the rules. Like, hey, you know, it could compromise the competitiveness of the game or whatever. But, I mean, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like, what if Calvin Ridley's like, no, I'm going to bet on the Falcons to win? Then again, okay, it does make sense. I, I understand why that people are against it. And, you know, you probably shouldn't do that. But then again, I think it could be the move. You know, if you didn't get caught, like, it could be the move. Right? Like, I mean, let's think about this here. They always say bet on yourself, you know? That's like the entrepreneurial sort of like corny thing that people say, bet on yourself, bet on yourself. And Calvin was like, I did. I took Gary V's advice. I bet on myself. I mean, I think it could be the move, dude. You know, if you don't get caught, I, there is that big but if you don't get caught, you know? You know, if you get caught, then maybe you get suspended for a year, whatever the case is, or you're not allowed in the Hall of Fame. But if you, you know, don't get caught, and you snag a couple touchdowns and your team wins, it's a win-win. You know, you played well, and you also won some money. Okay? Now, if you bet on yourself to lose, and that's a tough look, then it's like, all right, and then you start dropping some balls. You start putting a couple pig skins on the turf. I've seen it once. I've seen it a hundred times. You don't want that. But, yeah, man, if there was a way for me to, like, bet on myself somehow, I, I would do it in a heartbeat. I would. I would, like, tell my buddies, I'm like, yo, I'm going to Venmo you, like, two grand or whatever. Like, could you put this bet in for me? Yeah, sure, totally. I would a 1,000% do that. Why not, dude? You're, like, playing the Jets, you know? Let's say I'm the starting quarterback for, like, uh, the Patriots. Let's say I'm Mac Jones, all right? They're playing the Jets, and he's like, dude, the Jets fucking suck. I know the Jets suck. He's like, I want to make a little cash. And he bets on the Pats to win. He bets on himself. He says, here you go, buddy. Here's uh, five grand. You mind running to the casino? I'll give you 10% of the winnings. Yeah, sure. Boom. Money in your pocket. You get a nice little chalk up with the win column. I think it could be the move, man. I don't know what the big deal is. Right? It's like the goal for you is to win. Okay, that's my goal. Now, if I put money on myself to win, then I'm just going to play harder. I think teams should do that, dude. I mean, like, seriously. If it's a big game, like, all right, guys. The coach would be like, all right, this is what we're going to do. All right, because I want to make sure everyone is playing at the highest effort level possible. Everyone put 100K. I was like, put 100K in the hat. Like, yeah, you can just take 100K and just put it in the hat. But a nice little uh, check. All right, guys, here we go. Here's a check. 100K. Everyone, I'm going to need 100K from everyone, and I'm going to go bet this game. Okay? If you guys win, then you guys, you know, you get 200K, whatever the case is. I'm going to need full maximum effort. I think it could be the move, man. I mean, why not? Now, if you say, okay, 100K, we're going to bet on this. We're going to bet on us to lose. All right, so play as bad as you possibly can, but don't make it too obvious, then I understand, okay, there's an issue here. But, yeah, I mean, what's another negative about this? Of betting on yourself and then collecting the money that you were able, I mean, you you won, you won. You, You guys know what I'm saying, right? I think I made my point. I think, 
I think I made my point. All right, so that's all I got. That's all I got. Turning a bit of a ramble at the end. But you guys know what I'm talking about here. I'd love to hear you guys' input. And I'm fucking serious, too, dude. I'm not just saying that as, like, to get engagement. I'm fucking serious. I want to know what you guys think about this whole situation of, like, betting on yourself and then winning. Like, is it that big of a fucking deal? You're supposed to win. That's the goal going in. Now, if you got a little cash on the side, then maybe you're going to work a little harder, which I think is a nice incentive. That's what people do with the incentive-based contracts. It's like you're pretty much gambling, right? To get a whole year for that, I understand they have to do that because, you know, we don't know that what really happened. Maybe he bet on them to lose. We don't really know. But you don't want that to happen. You don't want to validate the integrity of the game. But, yeah, I'd love to know your guys' opinions on this. So, yeah, feel free to hit up. Could be the move. IG. We got Twitter. We got TikTok. We got new koozies, guys. We got new koozies. I think I'm going to put them on the site in uh, probably a week because I'm going to be out of town next week. So I want people to ship any out. But new koozies. They look fucking sick, dude. Got neon green. Got yellow. Got pink. Got orange. Those pink and orange ones are back. And, um, yeah, dude, they're fucking sick. So also probably do some more, uh, Twitch streams, probably do those on Sundays. So feel free to pop in, get a little chat going. I'm going to see, I'd really like to get a stream where like I can talk to somebody also, but I don't know if that's going to be possible because my internet connection might have to be like, you know, doing zoom and Twitch, my computer might blow up, but we'll see. All right, guys. Thanks for very, oh, fuck, man. That was a good closing until I fucked that one up. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. I'll talk to you guys next week.